0: There had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature.
1: Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown?
2: Do it! One, two, three, four!
1: Multi-instrumentalist Van Hunt went from the top of the major label food chain to releasing his latest record independently on the Internet. Yet his music is better
0: than it's ever been. I'm Jim DeRogatis from WBEZ and Columbia College. And I'm Greg Cott from the Chicago Tribune. Van Hunt joins us in the studio for a conversation and a live performance. Later in the show, Jim and I review the new, long-awaited release from Fiona Apple. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You are listening to Sound Opinions and time now for some music news.
1: A little bit of Lonely Boy by the band The Black Keys who are closing in, Greg, on almost a million copies sold of their seventh album, El Camino. You'll recall a couple of years ago when uh, Tom Waits, your hero, sued a snack chip manufacturer for uh, initially approaching him and saying, Would you give us one of your songs? He said, No. And, or he said, No. And then they just had somebody record something that sounded exactly like him. He won in court. Now The Black Keys are going to court. That song, Lonely Boy, is being used to sell power tools for the Home Depot chain. Listen to this commercial.
3: Whoever said less is more wasn't talking about power tools. RYOBI has over 50 tools that work
2: off of one 18-volt battery. And because all of our tools and batteries are compatible, it's easy to upgrade the
1: high-performance lithium-ion. RYOBI One Plus, available only one place, the Home Depot. So we have no vocals there, but obviously the song is very similar. Not only that... But Pizza Hut has been using the song Gold on the Ceiling, or a song that sounds just like it, to sell Cheesy Bites Pizza. The Black Keys have gone to a musicologist who, according to the band's spokesperson, confirms that this is copyright infringement. The case is seeking unspecified damages of more than $75,000 a piece for each song. And also joining the lawsuit is producer Brian Burton, also known as Danger Mouse. I hear songs all the time that sound like my favorite bands being used in ads that aren't my favorite bands. Are you hearing the same thing? If you've got a contender, give us a call on the Sound Opinions Hotline, 888-859-1800.
0: That is a track from Radiohead's The King of Limbs, the 2011 album that the British Quintet is highlighting on their current tour of North American amphitheaters. Hugely acclaimed tour, rave reviews all around, but marred by tragedy when the roof of the stage for one of their recent shows in Toronto collapsed right before that show, killing one of their crew members, forcing the cancellation of that show and a string of subsequent others. And bringing up the question again about the safety of these temporary outdoor stages, recall that last summer we had a string of such incidents, including the most tragic of all, that stage collapse at the Indiana State Fair when seven people were killed. At the Ottawa Blues Festival, the members of Cheap Trick barely escaped death when their stage collapsed. And they later approached members of Congress about potentially creating some sanctions to monitor this industry, which has been going on for about 30 years now. Temporary stages being set up across festivals across the world since the 70s, really, without any sort of licensing being imposed. Now some people are saying it's time for a set of standard rules to be applied to all of these stages as they're being set up. In the case of the uh, Radiohead stage tour collapse, the Ontario Ministry of Labor is looking at four separate entities. So this case could drag on for several months, if not years, before it is resolved. It's been a rough summer already for electronic dance music as well. In the latest Electric Daisy Carnival in Las Vegas, 320,000 people attending. Two people died after that rave. A 31-year-old Florida man was run over by a truck. A 22-year-old pre-med student fell from the 27th floor of her Vegas hotel room. The promoter, Insomniac, one of the biggest rave promoters in the world, is saying we really didn't have anything to do with either of those incidents. They occurred outside the grounds. But recall that Insomniac already is in trouble from a 2010 Electric Daisy Carnival in Los Angeles. L.A. basically barred the festival from that city after a 15-year-old girl died of a fatal drug overdose in 2010. And 114 people were arrested, 226 people injured. So it remains to be seen what Vegas has to say about EDM and the Electric Daisy Carnival in its city. But this can't be good news for the promoters.
1: Listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Tim DiGuglia. My partner is Greg Cott, and that's a little bit of the song "A Time Machine" is my new girlfriend by this week's guest songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Van Hunt. Van is from Ohio, Greg, and he's always straddled musical worlds. He's got the velvety voice of an R&B singer, but a rock and roller's love of guitar and drums. He's kind of soft-spoken in person, but on stage, he's this outgoing showman who really lives up to his musical idols, Sly
0: Stone and David Bowie. Van got his start in music in the late 90s writing and producing tracks for R&B artists like Dion Ferris in Atlanta. So when he finally got around to releasing a major label debut in 2004, people more or less expected him to stick to that standard R&B blueprint, but he did anything but, and that led to friction with the higher-ups at his label, Capitol. Van's third album, What Were You Hoping For?, is an independent release, and it was a shoe-in for my top ten albums of 2011. Van and his band stopped by Sound Opinion studio to perform tracks from the album, and I kicked off the conversation by asking him when he first knew the musician's life was for him. Right around the time that my
3: father showed me a Prince record uh, <laughs> with him on the horse, I liked opening up the record and reading, like seeing words like synthesizer, Hollywood. <laughs> wow this you know this seems important <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the liner notes and the pictures were just as important as the music in some ways it seems like yes the imagery yes. you weren't frightened at all by that because prince can frighten small children no i was much
3: more afraid of ronald reagan than prince
0: <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> your father was certainly a colorful character it sounds like your mother was uh the woman who raised you and you spent some weekends with your dad right sure and, and sure. he had a very different lifestyle than 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 your mom did. Sound like she was the disciplinarian, and your father was the one that was showing you kind of the the more offbeat paths in life.
3: Sure, you could say that, but uh, yeah, but that's pretty normal, pretty mm-hmm. normal, dude. We we didn't spend as much time as either he or I would have liked, but he was the one who you know made me feel like creating was an okay choice as a professional. You know? mm-hmm. Although he had no idea how I would end up at this point. And neither did my mom, but, uh, and neither did I. You know,
0: But he knew some musicians, because people maybe now realize that, you know, where you're from in Ohio, there was a big funk scene there in sure. the 70s and 80s.
3: Sure, it was, it was huge, and, um, you know, all of the natives who lived there, you know, were very proud of the Ohio players, and Slave, and Faisal, and Roger Troutman, and Zapp. And uh, between my father and my uncle... I think they knew somebody in all the groups, so <laughs> yeah, you know, we would uh, constantly run into them. Actually, one of the house players was right behind my father's house, so.
1: So it was a dream that seemed within reach. Maybe I can do what those guys did, make records, tour. Well,
3: I, I looked at what I wanted to do, which was more like uh, Thelonious Monk or Prince as being different than mm. the, uh, the R&B and funk bands mm-hmm. and what they were doing. They, their brand of, of music seemed much different than the solo kind of insular kind of artist channel that I wanted to.
1: Well, like tag. that guy on the horse, like Prince. <laughs> You're famous as a multi-instrumentalist. You know, I've seen on the credits of these albums, there doesn't seem to be anything you can't play. But where did you start? What's the first thing you picked
3: up? First thing I I learned to play at all was saxophone. I didn't take it very far, just uh, a few years. Then I picked up drums and and, uh, went on from there. But I play, you know, at a little bit of everything. When
1: you sit down to write, what do you write on, Van?
3: Piano. Hmm. Yeah, well, to be honest, you know, most of the songs come to me in my head, like, uh, you know, when I'm in between sleep and not sleep, <laughs> mm. and they're pretty complete. Usually if I feel like getting out of bed, I'll get out and I can just sit down at the piano, and usually most of it's right there.
1: Wow, words and music?
3: No, just just music or words, you know, usually words come to me when in the conversation with somebody. Mm. Hmm,
0: that's how you started your uh, career in the music business, right? I mean, you really were a songwriter first before performer.
3: Exactly. In Atlanta, I just quit school and you know needed to figure out a way to pay bills. So I just started uh, producing like hip-hop or whoever walked in the studio <laughs> and uh, putting tracks together. And after about 10 years, I'd had enough of that and decided
0: I'd try and give it a go myself. Hopeless, uh, the song you wrote for Dionne Ferris in '97, mm-hmm. was, a, was a hit for her. Result of that, a positive thing for you? I mean, did it bring you more work, more attention?
3: Well, uh, yeah, it, it changed my life pretty significantly for a short period of time until everyone realized that I didn't really just want to be a producer and a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And when it became really about me being an artist or even just a singer, uh, it became a little more difficult. People, I don't know, I'm not sure people saw me in that light. And then after the first record, you know, people started to understand that, oh, okay, he wants to be a singer. But then after the second record, they said, oh, he actually wants to be an artist. (laughs) Mm.
0: The major label system, you want a m- very big label capital records, put out your your first couple of records and and I do remember when those records came out, I do think people were a little they weren 't quite sure what to make of this guy mm-hmm. you know is it r and b is it rock is it soul is it something in between? I imagine those were the conversations that you had with the label at the time, too. Like, what are you what are you doing here, man? Yeah. How did you sort of respond to those uh, inquiries about what kind of art you were trying to create?
3: Well, I was under the impression that when I uh, signed within the major label system that they understood what I wanted to do. So it didn't dawn on me that they wanted me to go in any particular direction, and no one said that to me. They probably said it to my management at the time, mm-hmm. but not to me. So I, I thought that they would give me the Ray Charles treatment. <laughs> And, you know, just sort of give me three, four or five records to kind of, you know, break into the market Mm -hmm. uh, under my own strength. But, you know, it was all passive aggressive and it became sort of a toxic kind of environment to be in, unfortunately. Because uh, I I think that the major label system, how it works from, you know, creation to A&R to artist development uh, actually is a, a good blueprint for success in merging art and commerce. Mm-hmm. But I think you know greed and uh, ignorance and fear has really been ruinous to the industry.
0: All right. We want to continue the conversation in a minute. But, uh, Van, you're going to play a song for us, right? Yes. What are we going to hear? Well, how about uh, watching you go crazy is driving me
3: insane. Excellent.
2: It's driving me, it's driving me, it's driving me insane. I hope you can play the shit Maybe I'm working on my time I hope you won't play the shit You're making me lose my mind I'm sleeping, you let me sleep again It makes you laugh So how's your girl gonna stop After the moment's past. My book is struck Helps you flee from the pressure Cause the money's dried up And it's the first of the war Go crazy, me insane. Go crazy, baby, you're the go crazy, making me a little mind. I went to my place to beg the church for relief. He said they had bigger problems to address than me. I pressed my luck, asked for a cup of. Like grape juice Yeah, go home, funny man Enjoy while you can Cause we come coming to shade Watch if you go crazy Grab it, be insane. shade I hope you're going to be crazy Baby, you working on the time Watch if you go crazy Let me lose my mind Let me let my music drive you mad Let me be your Puchy man it the i for the for ourselves. My sweet little in a candy cane, hope you can hear this. If not, little more prepared for his return than those so-called believers. But now you should rest, one day we'll make baby foxes. Those of us short on loot are short on friends and lovers too. But you go crazy, driving me a chain. Working over time Watching you more crazy Making me lose my Make mind Living like my bills And drive you mad Let it be your watch in bed Oh delicate beach Let's move out in the morning Let's go We're going For a ride for ourselves. Making me lose my mind They're still sexy who are they they are much less attractive when their money is subtracted
0: that was watching you go crazy is driving me insane from van hunt and his band live on sound opinions coming up after a short break on sound opinions from wbez chicago and prx jim and i review the new album from pop chanteau's Fiona apple
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. I'm here with Greg Cott, and you're listening to our conversation with genre-bending songwriter Van Hunt. His latest album is What Were You Hoping For? Greg, I know is one of your favorite records of last year. It was a buy-it album for me as well. This is an artist whose influences run deep and wide. We've already talked about Van's roots in Ohio funk and his experience as an R&B producer, but this is a guy who name-drops Bach, Thelonious Monk, and Frank Zappa in the same sentence. So I had to ask him,
3: how did his musical education begin? Well, it uh, began in a number of different places. But uh, once my mom said, you know, if you don't get this right, you're going to be a bum. I said, well, (laughs) "Well, hey, you know, I really got to get started. (laughs) She's obviously not going to be much help. So I enlisted, you know, all all kinds of uh, record stores and just bought as much music as I could. And I just listened and listened and and collected what I liked and applied it to what I was trying to do.
0: Well, what's the common thread there? What are you hearing in Bach and Muddy Waters and Frank Zappa? What makes it resonate with you?
3: Well, there's there's usually one thing that always stands out, and that's the thing that I call upon in my own music. But with Bach, it's always the attack of the bow against the the string on the cello, particularly in the Bach cello suites. ¶¶ That sounds like rock music to me. Mm-hmm. And with Muddy Waters, it's always like the growl of the Hubert Summons guitar and Muddy's voice. Like, to me, if you say blues, that's the first thing I think of. Mm-hmm. And with someone like Frank Zappa, it's always his humor and his compositions.
2: Got a little lady off that street telling all the boys that she $20 bill, I can sit and choose me Meet me on the corner, boy, i don't man in a suit with a bow time neck Gonna buy a, a day
0: Wow. I can tell that that's the pastiche out of where you're kind of drawing from in your own music. Those elements are, you all want those elements in your own music.
3: Well, I would like to think that people, you know, uh, get that
0: out of the music, yeah. Which is exactly the opposite of where the music industry was thinking, which is they want to put you in a niche, right? I mean, that seems to be where it's been at for the last decade. It seemed like you had firsthand experience with that. Did they try to nicheify you?
3: Sure. I mean, uh, once I uh, finished the record, then it became how to market it and promote it. And of course, my big idea was to put the band on an open truck and pull up in in the middle of the uh, Wendy's parking lot (laughs) and see if people liked it. Their big idea was to spend a million dollars and try to shove the music into one format on the radio. And I just thought my deal was a lot cheaper; (laughs) it made more sense. I still do, in fact, particularly since now I owe the million dollars. You know,
1: (laughs) they're appearing at Wendy's shortly after (laughs) this taping, actually. Van, you had some harsh words for the major label system, even as you praised it for when it worked. You know, it's like they're always reinventing the wheel. It had worked with this Prince guy, right? Once they stopped trying to sell him strictly as funk or strictly as this or that, and they let him be Prince, which was everything, you know, becomes one of the biggest artists of the last century. Did you ever make an argument like that with a guy in a suit?
3: Oh, I have reams and reams of emails with that, <laughs> that same argument. And, you know, I would take it, uh, obviously, I'm a big music history guy, so I would take it from Ray Charles to Sly Stone to right. Prince.
1: Well, I think one of the strengths that you have is is that live performance is every bit as fascinating as the records. And I've been in crowds where they haven't seen you before, and you can just see the light bulb come Like, wow. How did you hone your chops as a live performer?
3: The variety of songs really is, uh, like I told you, I listen to so much music. You know, when I'm writing, I try to just allow no boundaries. And so whatever comes to mind, I just throw it in. It's easy for me, and I always assume it's easy for other people, not mm. not only to listen to it, but to also play it. And that's arguable. But that's how it comes to my mind, and that's how I want to present it to the people when they see it live. I'm learning that the secret to that is good orchestration arrangement, making the ideas a little more articulate.
1: We're talking to Van Hunt, and he is here in the Sound Opinion Studio with his band, uh, Doug Showalter on guitar, Ruth Price on drums, Jonathan Richards on bass. Uh, How about giving us another song, Van?
3: Awesome. Uh, We'll play uh, Who Will Love Me in Winter. Looking up a
2: smile for me, baby I say to the rising flame the Dynamic woe blows in me. the cold Brings back the loneliness again The autumn leaves fall from the trees And hold me captive with the dance in the air And I know, I know what the passing of these I must find love from somewhere Spaceship crest, slow against the wall. My neighbors grass ain't so sure green after all. I wouldn't have a second thought about the fall. I'm wondering who would love me in winter. i find love from somewhere. Spaceship clear against the world. My neighbor's grass ain't so green after all. I wouldn't have a second thought about the fun I'm wondering who would love me in winter.
1: is the great van hunt and his band with who will love me in winter on sound opinions okay so we've been talking a lot about music van i want to talk about some of your lyrics all right watching you go crazy is driving me insane a time machine is my new girlfriend uh the wonderfully prince-inspired cross-dresser Where are you coming up with this stuff, man? I mean, these are great left-field psychedelic
3: lyrics. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, You know, I don't know where I I get these ideas from. I think that uh, the same way I've collected music that I like, I've collected writers that I like, and I throw that into my subconscious, and it just comes out, and I try not to uh, police it too much. Who are some of your favorite writers? James Baldwin... Ayn Rand, particularly the way she writes much more so than you know her personal philosophy but I like that the imagery was uh, very well articulated
1: The other famous rock lyricist inspired by Ayn Rand? <laughs> Do you know? No. Rush oh, wow. Neil Peart, the drummer, wrote many of Rush's lyrics yeah. and, and uh, was like really an Ayn Rand aficionado for the first 10 years of that band
3: Yeah, she was, she was one of the best at putting you in the, the moment I actually think that's one of the overlooked aspects to a writing, hmm. c- because the writing was so uh, polarizing. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: right, and the politics. So storytelling, but also colorful imagery. Yes,
3: and David Boyd, too. I really enjoy yeah. his, his uh, lyrics and the imagery and the lyrics and the, all the borderline stream of consciousness in his writing.
0: On this album, we're, we're talking about the latest one, What Were You Hoping For? That in itself is somewhat of a loaded <laughs> <laughs> question <laughs> and i think you're looking back in some ways on what's happened in your life it, it had to be a huge upheaval to basically record an entire album have the record company send it out in fact to some people to preview and then at the last minute pull it off the shelf which is what happened to popular in 2008 on the blue note label mm. basically starting over at that point and it seems to me like this record is in some ways chronicling that experience of, of what does it mean to start over and, and really find out who you are
3: that uh would be a perfect way i think of summing up the the record the record this motivation but you know it wasn't a, a direct message to you know my situation with the major label system but it definitely came out of the upheaval of my life post that that era
0: Mm-hmm. Were you ever at a point where you thought, what's plan B? There's a lot of artists who have gone where you've gone, and it stopped for them at that point. They thought, you know, it's over, it's pointless, Mm -hmm. I'm quitting. Did you ever get to that point in your own life? Oh, sure,
3: just this morning. Uh,
0: (laughs) 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 No, I have, you know, plan B through
3: Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately, I, I have people in my life who have shown me the importance of what it is I provide to culture and to myself and that uh, if I'm true to it, that they'll be supportive of my endeavors and that that is proven true. When I believe in that, this is where it ends up. Fractured
2: but not broken Still moving well out in the open Lower my gun and keep my questions to a minimum And let you run and run
0: Obviously, there's been critical acclaim, but I remember when I first interviewed you in 2004, you were saying, you know, I want to get to where Sly Stone did, 400,000 people at Woodstock, dancing Mm. to my music. Is that still a goal that you feel is realizable?
3: Yeah, it's just no longer a goal of mine, but I do think that that, that's a possibility for me, yes, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I do think that the music I make is sincere. And I think that is what people pick up on. That's what they call the magic of a Sly Stone song or Ray Charles or whoever
1: it is you like. Fan, I have one more serious question before we, we have some fun with some more music. I've read that you spent a lot of time before making this album photographing people who were hurt by the recession. hmm Is that right? What was that experience like and, and, and that it informed this record? What were you doing and how did, it, how did you bring it into what were you hoping for?
3: Part of the—I uh, hate to call it a healing process—but you know, my life was in such upheaval, and I didn't feel particularly creative musically, so I just started taking pictures of things mm. that I saw. And my, the first theme I latched on to were all these couches on the street. I thought people were just being evicted from their homes. And uh, that was part of the reason there were so many just couches strewn all about. But the other reason was, you know, people were downsizing. Mm. And that turned into a project about couches. So Mm -hmm. then it was a little easier for me to then begin a project of building songs for an album. Mm. And so what were you hoping for the actual song and the album title? It's kind of born out of that process because I'm sitting here watching you know these people struggle through this recession and, you know, people are coming to the realization that the American dream really isn't for them and it's not gonna happen. Like the ecosystem, the economic system needs everyone from top to bottom. It it took uh, the lower income folks like myself to realize, I mean, we realized that first. Like, okay, well, we need the guys at the top to give us money, give us jobs, provide some security opportunities, and later on, they began realizing they needed us, you know, to spend the money. and, uh, mm-hmm. and So it became kind of like this a comical cycle to me. <laughs> like, well, you know, where are you hoping for when you make these decisions? You know, like I'm going to make the decision to kind of spit upon the people below me, uh, you know, on and on. And, and that's kind of where it was born out of. It's the
2: end of White Flame Can't afford to keep moving up Money tight time.
0: You're listening to Sound Opinions. We're here with Van Hunt. Van, you got another song for us then?
3: Yes. The last and final song is the aforementioned Cross mm.
2: Come on, Shot Put your hands together. Clap with me. Beach Boys. I'm not broken hearted Sometimes I wear her scars on my head And improve With the passing of time I don't really miss her Sometimes I wear her mink clothes Cross dress up. I was just a fool Who sparked her counter culture down to make up Back to the ring of cross dress up. Scottish, unholy, and wound up with an engine dove, but I've got to know the better, through all my music and scripts. I can't reinvent those magic moments, but I can make believe, like the babies who dress up as ghosts on Halloween. Drag queen, they ask me, as if I shop for comedy, or are you expressing your sexual girls? What's dress up? I was just a fool the love It sparked a counterculture Now I'm covered in weeds And all this cross-dress up Maybe I can be a warm, warm shame And she'll kneel to me in prayer, And I'll feel tonight Her truth in love This no just my wrong I did I to appreciate tall elegance. No trouble, I be I never just
1: That is Cross Dresser from Van Hunt and his band on Sound Opinions. Van, thank you so much for coming in and doing this for us.
3: Thank you. It was a blast. Know
2: the world's no place to raise a child. You've been dropped into the wild.
0: For more music and video of Van Hunt performing live in our studio, visit soundopinions.org. And we invite you to share your sound opinions on the air. Call 888 859 1800. Coming up next, Jim and I review Fiona Apple's first new album in seven years, and I drop a quarter in the Desert Island Jukebox. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. To overcome the place where you
2: come from. It's Why the hurry was so much in front of them? See the old man, he makes no such attempts. He creeps slowly, chasing the gold.
4: Swelling to a blaze That's where the pain comes in Like a second skeleton Trying to fit beneath the skin I can't fit the fields in Oh, every single night's a light With my
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He is Greg Cott, and that is Fiona Apple with a song called Every Single Night from her new album, Deep Breath. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. Born to a showbiz family in New York, she famously set out for Los Angeles at age 16. Some demos caught the attraction of Sony Music. They said, here is the next Tori Amos, and a big debut album followed in the summer of 1996 Title. She's only put out four records since 1996. It's been a seven year wait since her last album, which actually came out in two versions. She really seems to agonize over the recording of each of these albums, fight with her label about when they're done, what version should be released. Here, she has not gone to her go to producers, John Bryan and Mike Alessandro. She's gone to her drummer, her touring drummer, Charlie Drayton. What is she giving us? It's a pretty stripped-down album. Vocals and piano, front and center. Let's hear a song from it, and then we'll come back and give our reviews. This is Hot Knife by Fiona Apple from The Idler Wheel, etc., etc.
4: If I'm butter, if I'm butter If I'm butter, then he's a hot knife He makes my heart a cinema skull, squeeze show him a dancing Bird of paradise If I'm butter, if I'm butter If I'm butter, then he's a hot knife He makes my heart a cinema skull, squeeze show him a dancing Bird of paradise He excites me Must be like the Genesis rhythm I get feisty Whenever I'm if I'm butter, if I'm butter, if I'm butter, then he's a hot knife. He makes my heart a cinema skull ski. Show the dancing bird of paradise. I'm a hot knife, I'm a hot knife. I'm a hot knife, he's a pet of butter. Bitch, he's never a dancing bird in a paradise. If I'm, I'm, a butter, butter, I'm, I'm butter. butter, if I'm butter, if I'm butter, then he's a hot knife. Like he makes my heart a muscle of a sing, musicals, sugar, bitch. Like he's a dancing bird in a paradise. He excites me. Must be like the genesis of rhythm. I get thirsty whenever I'm with him. If I'm, I'm a butter, not. if
0: That is Hot Knife from Fiona Apple. The new album is called The Idler Wheel and a whole bunch of other words right immediately after that. A long, long title. But only the fourth album, as Jim mentioned, of a career that goes back to the mid-'90s. She does take her time, seven years in this case, to make the record. It is a stripped-down affair. Charlie Drayton and Fiona are the only two musicians on the record. It is basically a combination of her voice and piano with Drayton's percussion. They do a lot of experimenting within those very narrow boundaries. You're hearing factory sounds, slapping thighs as percussion instruments on this record. And Fiona Apple has never taken more chances with her voice. It is all over the place in terms of how she's trying to make it sound like a percussion instrument. One minute channeling a little bit of Nina Simone blues type feeling in one song. It's a pretty ferocious record for what it is. You know. Fiona Apple scares me a little bit. I think there's like (laughs) 27 voices inside that head. In some cases, she's fighting with all of them. She admits as much. She says, I've got all this stuff going on in my head, and I'm trying to process it, trying to figure out where my life is going. You can hear it almost like a stream of consciousness in these songs. There are hooks here. There are great pieces of piano playing. There's great interaction with the drums on this record I love the fact that she's never made a record quite like this in the past it was very baroque style arrangements and I think by getting away from some of those big-name producers like John Bryan she was trying to make a much more intimate record much more about what she's like when you see her perform on her home stage at Largo in Los Angeles I think it's the best album of her career and I think it's one of the best albums of 2012 so far I give The Idler Wheel by Fiona Apple a buy-it rating all the way. Greg, I want to start out by saying I admire Fiona
1: Apple or what she aspires to be, passionate, ambitious, musically challenging, but listening to her is a dreadful chore <laughs> that makes me reach for the Excedrin extra strength. You know what this is? This is Jess on New Girl imitating Andrew Bird trying to be Tom Waits. Oops. There is a needless <laughs> complication to this music where in the space of one tune you're going from Tin Pan Alley to Broadway Bombast to Nina Simone, classical music trills, hip-hop, rock, everything, the kitchen sink, none of it works. That song, Hot Knife, epitomizes everything that's wrong. You know, it starts with roll rolling timpani and then she's scat singing those silly lyrics about i'm a pat of butter you're a hot knife right and then there's a bridge that has nothing to do with anything there's the the big baroque piano 27 voices they're all histrionic and they're all like painful (laughs) ululations that just drive me crazy this is a trash it record on the sound opinion scale you're so wrong i tell you little
2: buddy this whole island is bewitched Remember, we were shipwrecked together?
1: As often as possible here on Sound Opinions, Greg or I like to take a trip to the desert island and play you a song we can't live without. Today, it's Greg's turn to hop in the Star Trek transporter and hit the desert island jukebox. What do you got for us, Greg?
0: Well, thank you, Jim. I've been thinking a lot about this guy, Jimmy Cliff, who is a great reggae star, but I don't think he's ever really earned the status as the great reggae ambassador that he is. I think it was Cliff more than any other single artist that introduced reggae, the native music of Jamaica, the R&B of Jamaica, if you will, to the rest of the world. First and foremost, people remember him from the Harder They Come soundtrack. He starred in that movie, and he also contributed several key songs. The title song, You Can Get It If You Really Want It, Many Rivers to Cross, Sitting in Limbo. But he was already making great records before that one hit the states in 72. I was reminded of that last year when Paul Simon went on tour and covered one of Cliff's songs. In fact, the song that I'm about to play. Simon was so enamored with what he was hearing from Jimmy Cliff out of Jamaica in the late 60s that he immediately flew down to Jamaica to record Mother and Child Reunion with Cliff's band. Bob Dylan, when he heard this song that I'm about to play, called it the greatest protest song ever written. I don't know if that was hyperbole, I don't know if that was just in the moment, but it speaks to the fact that he was speaking to a new audience in a way that had never been heard from before. This particular song, I think, puts him in a class with people like Curtis Mayfield, Otis Redding, Marvin Gaye. He was bringing a level of sophistication in the lyrics and in the melodies to a genre of music that was initially viewed as just a fad. Oh, it's just a beat, it's just a rhythm, and won't last very long. Jimmy Cliff has been doing this for 30, 40 years now. Reggae is definitely here to stay, and this is one of the songs that put it on the map. Two verses, basically a war protest song. It applies to Vietnam, but it could apply to any war. Two letters home, and in those two letters, Cliff talks about the tragedy of war. It's a song called Vietnam from Jimmy Cliff on Sound Opinions.
1: Great Jimmy Cliff with Vietnam, Greg's Desert Island Jukebox pick for the week. The Sound Opinions Desert Island Jukebox is supported by Makers Mark. Makers Mark Bourbon, it is what it isn't. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're going to do a summer roundup of some of the biggest albums of the season. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Mary Gaffney and Andrew Gill helped with our Van Hunt session. Sound Opinions is produced by Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. Our assistant producers are Annie Minoff and Michael DeBonis. And our intern is Deborah Olalea. Oh, and of course, our executive producer, our fearless leader, Tori Southside Malatia. He's the hot knife to our schmear of cream cheese. <laughs>
0: On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic, so give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800.
1: New Messages. This is
4: Craig Waits from Louisville, Kentucky. I really enjoyed the EDM show you did. And I thought your show uh, gave a good retrospective history of the genre, but I was surprised of one omission. The club scene that was prevalent back in Manchester, England,
1: back in the late 70s, early 80s, the movie 24-hour party people spoke of.
2: They're applauding the DJ. Not the music, not the musician, not the creator, but the medium. This is it. The birth of rave culture, the beatification of the beat, the dance age. This is the moment when even the white man starts
1: dancing. That sound gave birth to great bands like New Order, which I think is a founding band, much like Kraftwerk, of that whole genre. Love the show.
4: Thanks a lot. Bye. Hi, I'm Joan from Evanston, Illinois, and I just wanted to give you my... Um, vote for Best Album of the Year, and that is the album by Anders Osborne from New Orleans. <laughs> really really good and i think he's just genius and pours out his soul in every record he does thanks very much love your show bye
2: hey guys this is will calling from glen ellen
0: just listening to the show this week great show but regarding the lp track domestic disturbance issues brother ali of rhymesayers entertainment On his original debut album, Shadows on the Sun did have a track called Dorian that I think painted quite a bit of more vivid picture.
2: Now, first things first, I don't judge you for the weed smoke, but I can't hear your daughter yelling, Daddy, please don't. And it's not once or twice, but every damn night. And it's something going on up in here that ain't right now, man to man, I can understand. They like to stress a brother out, they would cut each other out. But you crossing the line by putting your hands on them. Ain't nobody ever told you not to hit a damn woman, boy. I but I did very much enjoy the LP track as well as the killer mic. Two good things for both of you, and you.
3: Uh, I look forward to meeting you guys next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Jim and Greg, listening to your show Saturday and the Desert Island Pick by Jim, I almost fell out of my chair. Growing up on the South Side of the Chicago in the mid '60s, my parents bought a new portable stereo from Polk Brothers. As part of the deal, they received 20 free albums. Knowing my brother and I would want to play some of the albums and they didn't want them all getting wrecked, they uh, gave us the best of
4: Frankie Lane's western hits and the best of Johnny Horton.
2: All the things
1: I'm missing,
2: good love and kisses Are waiting at the
1: end of my ride Move them out, hit them up, hit up, Move out, hit them up, 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 draw high out, ride him in, ride him in,
4: cut him out, cut 'em out, ride 'em in, ha! ha! We played those records over and over again. I know every single one of the songs you were talking about about Frankie Lane. And even though rock and roll became my life in later years, I just love rock music above anything. I never forgot my love for. Frankie Lane and Johnny Horton.
3: It was so cool hearing that.
1: Thanks for a really cool flashback. No more messages. Waiting at the end of my ride To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.
2: And roll high.